0: You're listening to the Jabin Chavez Leadership Podcast, a conversation designed to help you define your organizational culture and leadership values. Jabin is a pastor, artist, and highly sought-after speaker who has a long track record of growing departments, ministries, and organizations. We know that this podcast will bring value to you as a leader and to your entire team. Hey, everyone. My name is Jabin Chavez. Welcome to the podcast today. I'm so Honored that you're taking some time to learn, to grow, and to expand your leadership IQ. Uh, We're all in this together, guys. We're all learning. We're all trying to get better. We're trying to lead healthier organizations, healthier teams. And uh, I really do pray that this podcast is a blessing to you and your team. And uh, more than that, I think it's going to be. Over the last 20 years, it's been my honor to serve. The local church to serve the body of Christ uh, on a lot of different roles, a lot of different teams. And over the last few years, uh, I've been a church planter and a senior pastor here in Las Vegas, Nevada. It has been awesome. It has been so much fun. Uh, it's also been very stretching, very challenging, and it's been a learning experience. And my prayer is that through this podcast, I'm able to just uh, tell you some things I've learned. I'm, I'm not an expert, Uh, I'm not a leadership guru, I'm just a local church pastor that, uh, man, I got boots on the ground and every day we're in this together and I think this podcast is going to be really relevant to you. Uh, Every week I meet with my team and I share some different leadership principles, some culture ideas, some principles from the Bible uh, to help them grow in their leadership and that help us as an organization serve people better. And so I'm just going to kind of let you in on that, give you a little sneak peek once a month into a leadership talk that I'm doing with my team. And uh, I think it's really going to be fun. I think it's going to be very relevant to your journey. If you're not a pastor, if you're not a minister, uh, I know that these principles will still help you. They'll help you as a manager. They'll help you as an organizational leader. They'll help you as a business owner. Uh, they'll help you in your marriage, they'll help you in uh, literally every area of your life because I've, I've learned uh, one thing for sure, the Bible is so relevant and has so much to teach us about not only being great leaders, but being great servants and making a great impact in our world. So enjoy this message and I can't wait to see you, can't wait to hear from you, can't wait to uh, learn together with you. We'll be releasing a new podcast once a month and, um, I hope you enjoy it. Exodus chapter 18. Here we go. Exodus 18. I'm going to read, um, I'm going to read a few verses and, um, just give us some wisdom from Moses and his father-in-law Jethro. And, um, I think we're all going to learn something from this. So uh, Moses and the children of Israel, they've been delivered from Egypt. Amazing what has happened. Um, Jethro, his father-in-law, has come to the camp to see all that God has done. So now this is verse 13. Moses took his seat to hear the people's disputes against each other. They waited uh, before him from morning till evening. So, I mean, this is just such a church thing right here are having to deal with all the interpersonal relationships that are happening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people. Now watch this. He's doing this for the people. Look what he asked. What are you accomplishing here? This is so cool. Moses is, is busy. And it's not good. What are you accomplishing here? You're doing all this stuff. What are you accomplishing? Why are you trying to do all of this alone while everyone stands around you from morning till evening? So that's verse 13 and 14. Exodus 18. Now go to verse 17. This is not good, he exclaimed. You're going to wear yourself out and the people too. This job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. Now listen to me and let me give you a word of advice and may God be with you. In other words, I'm just going to tell you what I think. Do whatever God tells you to do, but I'm going to be honest with you. And I and I do like this because Jethro never claims this was God's wisdom. He just said, I'm going to tell you what I think. You go deal with God about this. And I and I think that, you know, the Holy Spirit isn't always going to give us a strategy. Sometimes it's just the wisdom to go. This isn't good. This isn't work. Let's you know what I mean? And so, and if you think about it, especially if you read this whole chapter, God is moving, the people have been delivered. All is well. Moses is showing his father look at the victory. Look at all that's happened when you read the chapter. It's all good. Um, but what he, the way he was leading was not good. And Jethro doesn't say, hey, here's the God idea, hey, thus is the glory. He just goes, hey, here's my advice. God be with you. Do whatever you want. But here's what I would do. Uh, verse 19, you should continue to be the people's representative before God. That is that function of a priest where you represent God to the people and the people to God. He said, he said you should continue to do that. Bringing their disputes to him. Pray for the people. Understand what's happening in, in the context of the nation, in, the, in our context, in the context of the organization, the church. And, and pray about those things and pray for the people. Teach them God's decrees and give them his instructions. Show them how to conduct their lives. But select from all the people some capable, honest men who fear God and hate bribes. Appoint them as leaders over the groups of 1,000. Now, this is capacity. Everyone say capacity. Because not everyone has the same capacity. So he said some men can lead 1,150 And ten. So there's different groups here. They should always be available to solve the people's common disputes. But have them bring the major cases to you. Let the leaders decide the smaller matters by themselves. They will help you carry the load. Making the task easier for you. If you follow this advice. And if God commands you to do so. Then you will be able to endure the pressures and all these people will go home in peace. So I just want to give you a few a few comce- concepts from this um from this passage that I think will will help all of us. So so think think of me as Moses for the for the sake of of this and if you're listening to this on the podcast think of your senior pastor as Moses and now think of you as a team member as someone who is over Either a thousand or a hundred or fifty or ten. Put yourself in that situation. And I hear the commandments to to all of us, but think of yourself as as that team leader. Number one, listen to the people. Listen to the people. Look what he says in verse 13. To hear the people. To hear the people. As a lead. In an organization, the the people that are serving in your department have to know that they're heard. They have to know that you're available. They have to know that you're approachable. They have to know that if they need to talk, they can go to you. To, to, the, to the level of, you should be the most not only the easiest to access. So if you're if you're a host, you know, not only should the, you know, the person over hosting, not only should that be the easiest person to access, if you're on the worship team, not only should, you know, Brandon be the easiest person to access, but actually that should be that should make the most sense to them. Um, it shouldn't be that if you're on, you know, a, a tech team that you wouldn't go to the person over tech and you would go to Weston or you would go to Jeff or you would go to me. It it should go to Kyler. it should go to Carlos first because that should be the most natural thing that should be happening. So if that's not happening, that would be a breakdown in your leadership capability because that should be the most, that should be the most, Obvious and easiest connection. So, hey, pastor, I need to talk to you. Well, have you talked to whoever, right? Has that happened yet? So um, your team needs to know that you hear them. Your team needs to know that they have a listening ear. And you have to, in your heart, verse 13, set it in your heart to hear the people. How do you hear People talk, <laughs> you got to talk, you got to actually create the environments where conversation is happening. Um, so I'll take it a step further, probably not never going to happen on a Sunday. It's all too busy. It's not really the time to talk. It's the time to serve. It's the time to engage with, with new people. It's so, so I just want you thinking right now, I'm not putting anything in your, in your head. I'm not telling you how to do this, but there you need a way of creating engagement with your teams outside of Sunday for the purpose of listening. So again, we've talked about this a lot because of church hurt and, and past trauma and all that. We've talked a lot about being afraid to overwork people or burn out people or you know, ask too much of people. And, and we've talked a lot about this. But, but the, again, we remind ourselves the vast majority of our teams, they're ready to work. They're ready to serve. They're, just ask me. Just tell me what to do. Just, just call on me. And again, not the people you know, but there are people right okay so again that's the that that's that's leadership weakness 101 who do i know and who can i call on instead of who is best right again we've talked a lot about this those who are most available are usually not the leaders they're usually available cuz they don't have a job and they don't have responsibilities <laughs> okay so so we're looking beyond just the immediate and we're looking at who would be best for this okay so the vast majority of people are ready to work they're ready to be called on they're ready to serve so the goal here's the goal this is big i want you to write this down the goal is not to ask less the goal is to listen more so when we talk you know we're afraid of burning people are afraid of asking too much no the goal is never to ask less The goal, though, is to make sure we are listening more. I want people to serve in youth. I want people to serve on Sundays. I want people to serve when we're going to have a special night. I want people to go through Financial Peace University. And yes, I want you to be in a group. And yes, I want you to go through Next Step. And yes, I want you to tithe. And yes, I want you to to do all of these things. So the goal is not, oh, we, we can't ask too much. That's not the goal. The goal is to listen more. So does, here's a question I want you to ask yourself. Does your team feel heard? Does your team feel heard? And they'll only feel heard if you're approachable. And the, And you will only feel approachable if you talk to them. Well, I'm right here. No. Presence doesn't prove approachability. Hello? Is it too early for this? <laughs> presence doesn't prove approachability. Well, I'm in the room. No, that's not approachable. Approachable is you stop, you look, you talk, you listen. That's approachable. Um, I was in the presence one night with Shannon of Michael Jordan at a restaurant. We well, had four bodyguards, and our waiter kindly told us, "Do not take pictures of him, and do not go talk to him." <laughs> we were in his presence. We still did. <laughs> we didn't talk to him because his bodyguards were terrifying. But but we looked at him and tried to get his attention. Took pictures of him. Uh, he was he was in our presence, but he wasn't approachable. Does that make sense? So, okay. So don't, uh, don't just think, well, I'm here. That doesn't make you approachable. Okay. So if for our people to feel like they're heard, it's going to take you being approachable. And for you to be approachable, you have to talk. So, so this is a very simple statement that I think we overlook People feel heard when there is conversation. People feel heard when there is conversation. Again, I go back to Sundays. That's usually not the time. Sunday is we need to do this. I need you to do this. Can you please help me with this? Can you go do this? Hey, can you go run this? Hey, can you help me with this? Can you? That is not the time normally for conversation. Again, I don't know what you need to do about this. And maybe we could brainstorm that after this. And if you're listening on the podcast and you're going, I need some how-tos. I don't really have any right now. I'm just telling you what I wrote down. There, there has to be avenues of conversation. This is why I golf with guys in our church. And I try to strategically choose who I golf with to at least have an avenue that if they want to, there can be conversation, Right? So I could golf alone or I could, you know, or only golf with, you know, one other person or whatever. I try to get around guys in our church where they feel like they can talk and speak. And, and hopefully we're creating some of that dialogue even here. But people feel heard when there is conversation. So is that happening? I don't know. I don't, I don't know for your team. But it has to happen. Uh, I'll I'll say this too. Every one of you has the freedom to take out members of your team. Uh, Get get approval from us and and check with us. But every one of you has the ability to go. I need I feel like I need to take this person to lunch or this person to get a coffee. Or can I have, can you create a budget for me so I can take people out and, and connect with them? Every one of you can do that. And so I just, there you go. You have that ability because they're, There has to be your people need to be heard. That's when Jethro looks at Moses, he says, he says, people, you need to hear them. And we need to hear from our people and we need to, uh, and, and, and remember this about me and this is, I empower all of you to, to remember this. People are on their best behavior around me, right? Even you guys are. (laughs) so what that means is (laughs) what that means is uh, I don't know always the offense that's happening. And the, you know what I mean? Like I w I don't get the attitude. They could be complaining to you and I walk up, Hey pastor, Hey pastor, you doing good pastor? You know, I don't, I don't hear the grumblings. I don't hear the offenses. I don't hear the frustrations. I don't hear the, so if you, if you are hearing that, um, and, and you should be hearing that then, and we'll, we'll get to this in a second. But if you remember, then he said, N- now the bigger issues bring to me. Okay. So, um, and I want to be careful cause this is being recorded, but yeah. Yeah. you got to you got to be intuitive enough to go man pastor needs to hear about this like yeah. mm-hmm. this is a this is concerning we should you know ugh. I, I don't want to go into detail right now on this but uh don't assume that i know assume the opposite assume that everybody is completely 100% fake around me and not communicating how they're feeling and so you are the ears of the church. You're not listening for gossip. You're you're just listening to your teams. And if we're all listening, we may even pick up on themes. And what's good about that is, and that's probably a sign of an unhealthy part of our culture that we have to correct. Okay, it's not just one guy from the worship team complaining, but it's some people from um, welcome team complaining, some kids workers complaining. Okay, it's some okay. Now, okay, we're hearing something now. There's some generalities beginning to stir. We we probably need to fix that or we need to confront that or we need to. Does that make sense? Okay, so am I making sense so far? Is this good? This is good teaching. Okay, so listen. Listen to the people. Listen to your people. How does it happen? It happens when you're approachable. Presence doesn't prove approachability. You have to talk. There has to be moments of connection and conversation um, and we can try to flush some of that out and that'll all be a little bit dependent upon your context number two teach the people teach the people now again this builds you've heard them right now we go to the next level because we don't just listen Okay, we have ears, but we also have a mouth. And so we, we hear, and now we teach. Verse 20, teach them God's decrees. Give them his instructions. Show them how to conduct their lives. Teach, give, show. Teach them God's decrees. Give them his instructions. Show them how to conduct their lives. And I'll, I'll even just say like uh, someone asked to meet with Shannon last week and kind of gave her some context of what they were going to meet about. And Shannon goes, I don't know what to say. I don't really. And I said, well, you know, you just meet and you just start talking. And we believe even what Jesus said, he said, don't be afraid of what you're going to say in that moment. The Holy Spirit's going to give you the words. And so, so much of this even happens in the conversation. So. They left that convo, um, and it was a great conversation. It wasn't like any like confrontation, or anything. It was a great conversation, but it was, it was more just like if we're willing to just hear, and we're just willing to have the conversation. Out of that flows teaching God's decrees, giving of instruction, showing how to conduct our lives. It just flows in. It, it flows within the moment. You create the space. And then you allow the Holy Spirit to do what he's going to do. So remember that principle of Jesus. He said, open uh, in the moment, the Holy Spirit will give you the words. And so if you're full of the word of God, if you're praying, if you're seeking God, that on itself isn't enough. Now put yourself in the situation where that stuff has to come out of you that makes sense and all of a sudden now it starts to flow cuz you could just be in the word and in prayer and fasting and you go on a 40 day fast and you don't talk to nobody and you don't well then you're not giving it out so you now you're you're now putting yourself in spaces i mean this is obviously why groups are so important and this is why serving is so important hopefully to build the relationships so that you're now creating some some moments to um To be able to have the conversations begin and the Holy Spirit starts to move in that. And the Holy Spirit fills that moment and the Holy Spirit begins to give you the words to stay in that moment. So, notice, teach God's decrees, give the instructions, show how to conduct their lives. Uh, Truths from the word, wisdom from life. Truths from the word, wisdom from life. We we don't tell people what to do because we can't because they're going to do whatever they want. We show them the better way. Amen. We do not we do not tell people what to do because you can't. I mean, you could try, it wouldn't work. You you say, here is the better way. Here is the teaching from God's decrees, the Bible. I'm going to give you some instructions. I'm going to to tell you what's worked in my life. And I'm going to show you how to conduct your life. I'm not telling you what to do. But I am because in response to what you have said or done, I'm going to respond to you. It's the same reason you can't post something on social media and then be shocked if someone engages well you put it out there so the moment you put it out there you know okay cauliflower which um which which is even which is even funny about about uh about that uh there's people like you just see how broken people are because even to a idiotic 14 seconds of humor Someone will actually write like, no, cauliflower is actually really good. You just got to cook it right. Like it was a joke. How are you on here defending cauliflower rice right now? Like it was never meant, you know, I did that post about, you know, all your haters are sitting on a toilet somewhere criticizing you. How many people took that so literally I'm writing this. And by the way, I am not on a toilet right now. I can't even. Well, I'm reading it on a toilet. That's what I wanted to say. I don't even know. What, like, well, anyway, that's just what. As people talk, if you've created the space for them to talk, you you have to learn how to give. We we unapologetically give unsolicited advice. Do I need to help you spell those words? We unapologetically U N A P O L O G E T I C A L L Y we unapologetically give unsolicited U N S O L I C I T E D advice. We unapologetically give unsolicited advice. Here's what that means: Someone just starts talking to you, and you just and they just start they just start going right, and they just and they feel comfortable, and they just you don't crush them, but you go, oh wow, so you just said oh, okay, so you're, oh, okay. Man, have you ever thought about, and you should unapologetically come back with yeah. advice. Man, I, you might not want to, have you ever thought about, have you ever, You because someone's got to, and it may not even be in the moment, maybe sometimes you got to go, hey, we talked the other day. There's just been some things on my mind. Can we follow up on that? Good, good. You know what I mean? And you and you should do that because Moses says, Yes, hear the people, but you don't just hear them. And, and and let me tell you this about people because people are crazy. They will go to you as their leader and they throw it out there. And your silence becomes their permission. Is that not so true, right? Well, Pastor didn't say no. Right? Well, they didn't, I mean, they didn't tell me anything. So they, they're not purposely manipulating you, but they're probably testing the waters a bit. Right? So go ahead and just, Hey, no, you know what? I, man, I wouldn't recommend that. I mean, I don't know if I, oh, I wouldn't do that. I think I would, I don't know if you're asking for my advice right now, if you're just talking, but can I just maybe throw something at you that I've learned, you know, and you just, you teach, you give and you show. You teach, you give, and you show. Man, you know, in my life, I've just learned that, man, that doesn't always work. I don't know if I would. Man, I'm about to go buy this car, you know. I mean, it's going to be really expensive. But I just know God's going to provide for me. You know, if I just. Yeah, you know what? I've learned that that he doesn't really do that. That's not really how. <laughs> that's not really how God. You know, I, why don't you? why don't you buy maybe this kind of car? Well, it doesn't have. Yeah, I know. But why don't you just trust God? You know, and if you'll just. Our our people may not expect that from us, but God expects that from us, right? Because think about this. They're going to Moses with their disputes. Well, what does that mean? That means they think they're right and that person's wrong. So they're going to their leader with preformed opinions. That's why Moses said, don't be, don't be bribed. Think about this. How do church people bribe you? Well, I'll quit. Well, I'm going to go to another ministry. Well, I need a raise. Well, I'm going to go to the other church. I'm not going to be bribed by you. Quit. Leave the worship team. I'll turn on the multitracks. Let's turn it louder. We won't even know you're gone. Yeah, I'll use your voice from last week. I already got it on recording. Does that make sense? Don't be bribed. Don't be manipulated. So people come to you as the leader. And again, I'm not saying they do this on purpose. Some do, and that's a Jezebel spirit. That's a different thing. Most people don't, though. Most people don't do this purposely, but they do it subconsciously. They go to you as their leader to get approval for their preformed ideas. It It is on you to go, Nope, I'm not, I'm not going to give you that approval. I know you've already come with your plan, but I'm going to tell you the truth, not what you want to hear. And if you want to bribe me or manipulate me or, or, you know, push back, you can do all that, but I'm going to teach God's decrees. I'm going to give you his commandments and I'm going to show you how to live. I'm going to give you wisdom. You don't want wisdom. You want permission. Have you noticed that most people don't want, I don't know about you. This even happens to me. I'm always shocked that people want to meet with me to tell me what they're doing. I'm always amazed. I just think, why aren't you smart enough to meet with me and just go, Hey, pastor, here's what's on my heart. What do you think? What a great way to start a conversation because I'll tell you, but if you have a if you're already coming with all your stuff and that's what and so what i've learned now with adults especially being a senior pastor now for 3 years is that people come with their argument, their preformed ideas, their opinion, they their plan and god do, do we not do this with god? Yes, we do, right? Cuz we figure out our will and then we find a scripture to back it up. So not only do we, so we do it with god and then we do it with leaders. And so they so they meet with me And tell me their plan. And. And they want a yes. And the only reason they want a yes. Is because they already. They know better. And so it's on us. The people don't expect it. God expects it. For us to look at them and go. There is a better way. Here's what the word says. Here's what life experience says. Here's what the multitude of counselors would say. Here's what. Here's what the. The the check in my spirit is saying. So you have to be willing to not just hear the people, but then to teach the people and you got to go for it and you got to, and you got to let people know that man, you're, they're going to, they're going to hear the truth from you. Um, even if, and you could even be honest enough with a person to go, Hey, I have to be honest with you. I don't know if I have a response at this moment, but something in me isn't just leaping. Yes, can you give me a couple of days? Can we can we circle back? Because I feel like I got I feel like there's some things I I'm just I'm just being honest with you enough to say I feel a check, but I don't know what it is. What a, what a great response. Well, let me tell you what's going to happen. Not only are you going to pray, they're going to pray. Not only are you going to go to the word, they're probably going to go to the word. And there's a, there's a really great chance you're going to come back in, in unity. Okay, so number three, carry the burden of your leader. Jethro says, Moses, if, if you'll do this, you will be able to endure the pressures and all the people will go home in peace. You will be able to endure the pressures. And all these people will go home in peace. Endurance for the leader. Peace for the people. Here's what this leads to. Endurance for the leader. That's me. That's Shannon. Peace for the people. That's the church. You, you play the role of... The second chair leadership team, the church staff, the church leadership team here at City Light and wherever you're listening to this from, you are creating endurance for the leader and peace for the people. Really Think about that. Because he does not say, if you'll do this, the pressure goes away. Yeah. <laughs> And it doesn't. It never leaves you. If you'll do this, you'll have the endurance for the pressures. So again, if you'll if you'll follow these principles, there will be in, there'll be you'll be able to endure the pressures, Moses, and the people will be able to go home in peace. So what your role is that second chair leadership role is, you have the calling to both serve the leader. And the people. That, that, is, that is the call of, of this team and of, of a leadership team. I have the burden, I have the call to serve the leader and the people. I don't think you should overthink this. I don't think it, is it, is it one or the other? No, it's both. Is it, does one carry more than the other? No, it's both. We're just, we're serving the leader and we're serving the people. And if you can, if you can think of it, not from a, Jabin's the man of God. He's the man of God. He's the, I got to honor the man of God. He's the man of God. Don't think of it that way. Think of it like this. He is carrying pressure that I don't understand. Spiritual, not like you don't carry this as a as a parent or a spouse or a business person or a person that needs to provide for their family. Not not like that. Spiritual pressure. I carry a spiritual pressure. If you could think in your heart, they carry a pressure that I don't understand because it's not a part of my calling or it's not something I've... And by the way, you don't know it until you step into it. So even... I, even before I was a senior pastor, I knew I was going to be a senior pastor, but I didn't know what I know now. You know what I mean? So if you can have the maturity to not just don't don't look at me like Elijah sent by God, not like that, but he is carrying something in a spiritual level that I do not understand, that I don't need to understand. But I'm going to serve him and serve the people by doing these things, not so that the pressure leaves him because it'll never leave us, but so that we'll have the endurance. So why am I taking off some time in March for endurance? The pressure is not going to leave me. It's for endurance. I want to trust you to carry that Sunday. Why? For my endurance, not, not, that you would carry it at my level or think of it on my level, but that you would have the endurance or that you would create in me an endurance so that I can do a little bit less because the pressure never leaves. So think about this. Moses, Jethro was shifting how he spent his time. He wasn't shifting his pressure. Right? So I'm in the process right now of trying to shift how I spend my time. Not to relieve pressure, but to create endurance for pressure. So this is this is something you have to believe. you And you have to believe it here, and you have to believe it wherever you're at, and you have to believe it in your context. God's hand is on my leader, so I want to do what I can to help them endure the pressures of their calling. You have to have that. Well, no, God's hands on me. Okay, well, you. Yeah, cool. Well, I am the body of Christ. Well, you know, I am God's anointed. Okay, whatever. You got to embrace this. You just do. And if you misunderstand me right now, then you're misunderstanding me right now. You have to get to the point of God's hand is on my leader. I feel a calling to my leader. I feel a calling to the thing they are building. And I'm going to do what I can do to help them endure the pressures of their calling. I can't relieve the pressure. I'm not. I don't want to get rid of the pressure. I cannot get rid of the pressure. I'm not supposed to get rid of the pressure, and neither am I. But but I do want to do what I can for my leader to help them endure. And so you do need. You absolutely do need. And this is for people listening as well. A calling to your pastor, man. I feel a calling to that house. I feel a calling. To that man. I feel a calling to that vision. I feel a calling to that. There has to be that in you. And um, and it's such an important thing that you not only have that, but that you protect that. And that you um, learn to, uh, yeah, just protect that in your heart. Because a lot of times what happens in like, um, especially in like corporate I shouldn't even say corporate denominational churches here and around the world is that a denominational church will hire a new pastor with an existing board. That board is very loyal to that church, but not to that new pastor. So that's why it's always important. I always tell my friends who are thinking about taking over something. I always say you there, there's only one condition you get to uh, dismiss the whole board and bring on a board. Cause you have to have at least somebody in your life that is loyal to you. So you walk into this new church with 10 board members and they all love the church and they don't know who you are. Well, you can't lead that way. You just can't lead that way. So that's why it's important that you have a, like I, I promise you my board, our board loves this church. Wants to see this church win, but they care about me. Yeah. They want it. They want to see me healthy and strong and, uh, and spiritually in the right place that they, their commitment is to me. And they know that if I'm healthy and strong, then they know the organization is going to be fine. And so their commitment is, you have to have that. So, and, and you have to have that at this level, that there is a commitment, not, it does, it's not a lifelong, you're not marrying, you know, anything. It's not like that, but it is just, I'm here. I'm called here. I'm called to you and I'm called to help serve in a way that creates endurance in my leader that's what we're trying to do trying to create endurance Javen for you so that you can do all that God's called you to do for the length of time God's called you to do it and and so that we get the best you and that's what you want you want the best of your pastor so that you're being fed you're being loved you're being served you're being Minister to, You know what I'm saying? So it, it all goes back. It's all a circle of health. But there has to be a commitment in your heart, an inward commitment in your heart, that I am trying to help carry the burden of the leader. Again, not for the sake of just whatever you've thought of as, you know, just honor or just whatever. Uh, though all those things are important. But to create endurance. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to create pace. Um, for for not only your personal life. Not only for your teams. All that's important. But for the leader. So that the leader is at a pace. Where he can endure the pressures. That they're not leaving. So we just want to have the healthiest environment possible. To carry the pressure. Does that make sense? And the healthier The environment, the more pressure we can take on, which means the more growth we can take on. So the healthier we are, the more things can grow and the more and the healthier we are, the more pressure it can handle. And the longer we can do it because we're at a pace that helps us endure. And so you don't, you know, you don't run a marathon at a hundred yard dash speed. Just don't. There's there's different speeds for different things. And so we're trying to create an endurance for the long haul and for everything that we're doing. That's why everything we're currently doing right now, I would see us doing in 25 years. You know what I mean? There's nothing we're currently doing that I'm like, we'll grow out of this. We're not going to grow out of groups. We're not going to grow. You know what I mean? We're not gonna grow out of membership, we're not gonna grow out of worship, we're not gonna grow out of streaming, we're not gonna we're not gonna grow out of kids ministry. It's only gonna get bigger and better and stronger. We're not gonna grow out of songwriting, etc. So I could keep I could keep going with that. But so so we're we're listening to our people, we're teaching our people, and then we are creating um this platform that then helps create endurance. For the pressure of our leader. And we're serving our leader in this way. And um, all of these things are super important. And again, I'll just end with this. They were doing it. And they were in the grind of it. And it wasn't good. I mean, just think about that. In other words, I think if you were in it, it would have seemed good. But if you could ever, if you could just lift your eyes a little bit and see it from Jethro from this new way, this new perspective coming in you go, "Oh man, this isn't good and And what wasn't good was it wasn't sustainable, and so we always want to be creating ministry, schedules, um, calendars, everything, everything we're creating is for endurance so that we can look at it and go, this is good. This can last. And, um, that's what we're trying to do for, for the sake of eventually the people. So the people go home in peace, right? So again, so in case you're hearing this thinking, any of point three was self-serving, you creating endurance for me is for the people. Right? There's this commitment back to the people that oh they go home in peace. They're ministered to. They're in a healthy church environment that isn't always 1 inch from exploding or falling <laughs> off the cliff. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're in something that is healthy enough that they're going to raise their kids in and then their kids are going to raise their kids in because it's it's long lasting enough and healthy enough that the people go in peace. So the opposite of this would be the people are constantly being burned out, the people are in constant strife. The people are are, you know, they come for 3 months and love it and then they leave and then it's the next person. No, there's there's a a flow of peace that everyone grows in this, right? Everyone grows in this and there's room for everyone to grow. And there's room for you if you're if you're a leader of 10 to go to 50 and a 50 to a hundred and a hundred to a thousand. There's everyone has room in this to grow because of what we've committed to copy. Amen.